Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Viking podcast. I am here with a very special guest who uh, has uh, what I foresee to be a very interesting story to tell. I've got uh, Castlin on here, an acquaintance of mine, and um, recently she has uh, made she made a post um, talking about kind of her political journey where um, she started as a she has shifted from Bernie supporter and voter to full-blown uh, Trump 2020 supporter. And so kind of, of a complete 180. So we're here to talk about kind of her journey and uh, I'm going to let her tell her story um, just because I think it's one that shows that you can change your mind. It's okay. And you can also um, disagree with people and it's okay. So Castlin, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. You. you know, sometimes when I make those posts, like you're, you're not really sure what, what it's going to, what's going to happen with it, you know? And especially in kind of today's culture, like I just really felt on my heart. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put my story out there. If people like it, great. If they don't like it, that's fine too. Um, and so it's cool that I really appreciate you reaching out and having me come on here and share my story. So um, a little bit about me. Born and raised in Oklahoma, um, so I, I, I don't I don't say that I was necessarily like raised like politically. Um, I I would always I always say that I was raised conservative because I'm in Oklahoma, you know, and I think everybody's pretty conservative here for the most part. Um, and so I, I didn't really grow up with like my parents being really involved politically or really even knew anything about politics. Um, it wasn't until like my senior year, I, there was these clubs at my high school that, you know, it was like young Democrat, young Republicans, and like all my friends were joining young Democrats. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and I asked why, like, you know, why, why is it that you joined this club? And my, like one of my best friends at the time, you know, she said like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, Democrats are the good people, right? Like Democrats are the ones that care for others. They want to help people. They want to help the homeless. They want to help the poor. They want to, you know, make the world better with their progressive views. You know, they're not these traditional views. Like they're always looking to change. They're open-minded. And I'm like, perfect. That's exactly like what I want to be, you know, <laughs> like it. And, but I didn't really ask what the Republican side was. So I think off, off the bat, I kind of already got in a little echo chamber and not even realizing it. Um, but then of course, like went to college and I think, you know, I was, as you probably know the narrative of like people who go to college, like that's when they tend to turn even more liberal, um, and coming from a small town, you know, a small conservative town for the, you know, especially I think when I went to college, like I just wanted to do exactly the opposite that I've always done. And I always thought like, you know, Democrats were the intelligent they were the sophisticated they were you know the open-minded and so and like republicans i just had this idea that they were selfish they were greedy they were they only thought about themselves all they care about is making money they're rich they don't care about anybody else but themselves and so i just had this idea in my head all through college and i just thought that's just how it was and you know i even remember going and registering democrat voting voting Democrat for our governor, voting Democrat for, um, I did not vote for Obama. I did not vote for Obama, interesting enough, but I did vote Democrat for our governor. I voted for Bernie, as you said, um, even supported Bernie. And the reason why, you know, and I think it's even safe to say that the Bernie now is very different than the Bernie in 2015. But, you know, what attracted me to Bernie 
was he was a populist. And it's interesting, you know, it's like, yes, so, you know, policy wise, going from Bernie to Trump is a 180. But ultimately, I mean, Bernie and Trump are very similar in, in, in a lot of ways. They're both populist, you know, they both talk directly to the people. Um, and that's what I found attractive to Bernie, I found attractive of, you know, I had these ideas in my head that Republicans were greedy people. And I thought all the wealthy people in the world were Republicans when in reality, it's actually very false. Um, mm -hmm. it's so of just the idea of, you know, yes, the rich should pay more taxes, like, you know, and all of these things of free healthcare and, and free college and, you know, which, and that's of course, like someone coming out of college, you're like, hell yeah, you know, like <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I want. Um, and so, and, and I just, I liked what, how, how Bernie was talking directly to the people, you know, his language was very simple. And that was always one thing that with Obama, yes, he was a very eloquent speaker, but you really, you would listen to him. And you're like, I have no idea what he's saying because he would use really, really big words and, you know, and, and speak in ways where you're like, I think I know what he said, but not really. And, you know, that's the thing with Bernie and Trump. They're, they're populist. They speak very clearly. Um, but I will say, like, I totally bought into the narrative that Trump was this this buffoon, racist, sexist, like, person. And I just, I literally would say, you know, I just don't understand how anyone would ever vote for such a terrible person. Like, I would, I, I, and I would say that publicly to people in conversations. <laughs> um, I mean, I just totally bought into to the media. And I just totally bought into this narrative that they were painting about Trump that, and I was just, you know, I'm like, how could you vote for him if you're a woman? How could you vote for him if you have respect for women? I mean, I just bought the whole thing. Um, and it wasn't until um, right out of, you know, I graduated college. I didn't have a lot of job opportunities, which I think is also why I was so supportive of Bernie. Um, and but I ended up actually owning my own business for three years. Um, and it really wasn't until I started owning my own business that things really started shifting for me. Because I started learning about, you know, one, how entrepreneurship works, how, you know, hard work about going out there and making something of yourself. And I think, you know, and disclaimer, this is just my journey. I can't speak for everybody else, but that's a really big narrative on the left that if you if you're stuck in a situation, it's somebody else's fault. It's the system. It's the system's broken and you are, you know, the left views the world as there are the oppressed and there are the oppressors. And it's really easy to blame other people for your problems <laughs> when, instead of looking at yourself. And so I think that was really kind of a first paradigm shift for me was, you know, because if you dive into kind of the philosophical differences between the right and the left, I think that's a really big one of the left is very, or the right, excuse me, is very big on individualism, like taking responsibility for your life, like getting out there, working hard, don't rely on anybody else. And that's what I learned as an entrepreneur. Um, when 2016 election came around, I honestly didn't vote for either. I was still mm -hmm. anti-Trump. <laughs> I didn't vote for either, but I did not like Hillary. I knew that I did not like her. And so um, when Bernie got out of the race, I just kind of disconnected. And, you know, I, I was still very uh, skeptical of Trump, even after he won. Um, but I think where my shift started to happen was I had a customer at my business who he was an entrepreneur. 
is actually an immigrant from Iran and came to America and made a very successful life for himself. And he told me that he was a huge Trump supporter. And he sat down and he explained to me why, as an entrepreneur, it's important to support Trump and because of what he's going to do for entrepreneurs and for taxes and actually really started breaking down policy for me, you know, and and even today's society of like, when was the last time anybody's ever actually talked about policy, right? It's just emotion, emotion, emotion. And when he started like breaking that down, I was, that's when my, like that shift kind of started to happen. Um, Still not fully on board yet, but I was like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. And then I would say then after that, um, my husband, who's always been very conservative, um, always is like Trump. He, it was funny when we were dating, um, because I, I mean, I have my Bernie stickers, I had my Bernie stuff. And then like, he made a joke to me when we were dating, like he made a joke about like, make America great again, you know, and I flat out told him, I was like, get out of my house. (laughs) Like, that's how much I hated Trump. And so, but I was able, we were able to look past our political differences at the time. And, uh, you know, been married four years now. So, Um, but he started watching Ben Shapiro and, and so, and I always did speech and debate in high school. And so watching him debate people, I loved it. And the way he articulated and the way he would, you know, present facts and data, which I'm a really big numbers person. I was just like, Oh my gosh, is this true? And I think that when I really started watching Ben Shapiro is when I realized that everything I thought I knew was a lie because then I started going back and I started doing my own research and started digging into a lot of these things that I thought I knew. And I thought I believed because I just believed whatever the media said. I just believed whatever Facebook said. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really until COVID that I think I really, that's when I made the big switch to Trump um because i was just very indifferent i think i got to the point where i was like i hated him wanted nothing to do with him i was fine with him didn't really have an opinion on him anymore um but when covid happened that's when everything i feel like shifted for me and i think there was a lot of people that made a big shift during covid um because of you know that's when one we had no nothing else to do so like might as well start researching but I think it really started shedding a light on a lot of policies and stuff that have gone unnoticed like I think it really shed a light of like your local government and your local leaders have a lot of effect in your life whether you realize it or not um you know states rights and liberty and you know all of these things that I've never really dove into um and so I just started diving deeper and deeper into Trump and what he's done and his policies And just like every time I would find something, I would just look at my husband or one of my best friends who her and I are both now huge Trump supporters. We would, you know, we text all the time and like, we would just say like, why is this not being reported on? Like I, he has done so many wonderful things and we would just keep digging and digging and digging and, you know, not using these mainstream media outlets, like using DuckDuckGo, using, you know, other companies that don't have agendas and that don't have left-wing agendas, especially. And we just are just mind blown of everything that he's been able to do and accomplish with all this backlash, with an impeachment, you know, with everything going at him that he's had. I mean, as you probably know, I mean, his accomplishments are amazing. And I can't like, 
I just see the facts. And once I started seeing facts and got past the emotional, like just push from the media on everything, that's when I realized like, wow, I've been lied to like about so many things. It's like nothing that they say is actually fact, like factually accurate, you know, like when you actually do the research yourself. And I think also when you do the research yourself and I tell this to people who have messaged me about Trump, um, you know, they'll be like, okay, well, where are your sources? Like, and they kind of challenge me. And the first thing I say is just, look, here's the thing. Like, if you want to believe that Trump could possibly be a decent president, then you can find the research yourself. You can find the sources yourself. If you want to continue to believe that he's bad, all you're going to find is bad, but you have to be willing to change your mind. And, and so it's like, I don't send sources. I don't send all of this because it doesn't matter if they don't want to believe that Trump is good, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a loaded question. A lot of times they're, they're saying, what's your source? So I can then say, well, this study was bad because of this or that, or I can present a counter study. It's not real. They don't really care about getting that information necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then be like, Oh, okay. Good point. It's more so like, let me see your source. So I can now, so I can debunk that for you. Or- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like a challenging, it's like, Oh, let me see your source so I can tell you that it's wrong. <laughs> like, you know, Their um, mind's made up. Yeah, exactly. And so I think like, it, you know, and it's funny cause like when I started really speaking out on, on some of the things, you know, I didn't come and it took a while. I mean, like I said, I was like, I started diving this back in March and here we are almost August before I finally mm-hmm. like came out and said something about it. And you know, it's funny because the first thing I posted was, and I don't know if you want to get into deep like, policies and stuff, but the mm-hmm. first thing I posted was about how, um, you know, he, he moved to, to ban late term abortions. And that was something that was really important to me. Um, and I made a post about how I agreed with it and how I believe that, you know, a child life is precious no matter, you know, what stage of life it is. And, oh my gosh, you would have thought, <laughs> you would have thought I said like, I don't even know. Like, it was just like, it was like moth to a flame of like anybody liberal on my Facebook page was like, like just (laughs) telling me like how wrong I am, how terrible this is and this and that. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, it was just like, I just shared something. And so like, that was like the first time. But, you know, once you start posting more and more stuff and you start standing strong in what you believe in, people quit trying to get at you. People quit trying to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people leave you alone because it's like they see somebody who's like they're new and coming out and they're like, no, 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 no. We must bring them back. We must bring them back. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, the stuff I've gotten, it's insane. I mean, I've gotten threats. I've blocked. I don't know how many people like it's just it's crazy that these people who I'm like, first off, like, you know, I mean, I had a friend of mine from, you know, he's one of my best friends in high school. He won't even speak to me anymore because I support wow. Trump. Uh, I mean, I helped him move to, drove out to LA with him to help him move. Like that's how good of friends we were. And now he wants him and his family want nothing to do with me. So it's, it's, you're going to lose friends, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're going to lose or people who, you know, quote unquote friends. Um, and it, it was hard. I mean, it was just like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? But now I feel like I'm on the other side of it and it's the most freeing feeling I've ever had. Yeah, it's it's funny how a political coming out, if you will, has mm-hmm. become like 
um, ha- has become a big deal, right? It's something you think about, you ponder about. Like it, it used to be, you know, it was closeted people were, had to do with sexuality, and that was actually mm-hmm. that could be a big. Everyone can feasibly say, "Oh, yeah, like that's extremely hard to deal with, especially if you know, say, you come from like a, a certain type of home and your parents have certain views that like you have people being excommunicated from their families, and uh-huh. that was understandable. But now it's like literally all you're saying is, "Hey, I support our president, and I'm going to vote for him," and people are lose people lose their minds and and yeah. say the exact same stuff. Okay, get out of my life. Um, don't like. I mean, I've seen similar sort of stuff where uh, I. I'm uh, where I've, I've seen people like, Hey, if you hold this view, like block me, or they said like unfollow and unfriend me. And Uh it's, it's kind of funny, but mostly sad just because when you you see that happen, you're like, that's, this isn't going to promote a good uh, culture and community. Uh It's like, Uh we need to be able to disagree and still be friends and still, or still at least even be civil. Like I need to be able like, we can't be Facebook friends because you were, you were like, Hey, I'm voting for Trump. And now people are like, Nope, sorry. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's where like, anytime I make a post, that's like kind of like the one that I made that you saw, I say in there, I'm open to having a discussion. Like, you know, actually a friend of mine who, you know, we started, to, we've been having kind of an ongoing discussion for about the last two weeks. And now we're at a point where she's like, you know what, I think I might actually, you know, my mind might actually be changing about Trump because of some of the stuff that like she found and that she researched mm-hmm. and she realized like, oh, wow, the main, cause I would just, I would ask her questions. I would just ask her questions. And I, and, you know, and I don't know if you ever watched like the change my mind, like with Steven Crowder and stuff, but like, so I, yeah, I've been an avid follower of him <laughs> and Ben Shapiro. So I'm, I'm all, I'm in the mix. I'm right yeah. there. Well, and that's what I, but that's why I love watching change my mind because he, he asks questions to, to help them articulate their argument because a lot of times people just believe something because that's what everybody else is telling them to believe. And they don't really know why they believe it. And that was me. You know, I was just Mm -hmm. like, I just kind of was like, yeah, okay. You know, and just went along with, you know, these different things of like, this is why I believe it because it was cool. It wasn't the mainstream thing to do, but I didn't actually know what it meant, you know? And, and that's, that's what, you know, like that customer I talked about. And then some friends of mine, like they walked me through these policies, they walked me through and they just asked me questions. And then I'm like, okay, my belief has no substance behind it. It has no backing. It has nothing. And I think a lot of people, have that and they don't realize it and so i'm always down to have a discussion the moment i block you is when you start attacking me and you start making it personal and you start threatening me which i have done and which is or they've done to me and at that moment i block you like i'm not willing i say you know what this conversation is no longer beneficial to me or you i'm ending this conversation and then i'm done because i'm like i'm not i'm not gonna do that like you said it's like some of the conversations are genuine, like, you know what, I would like to see your perspective. And then other ones are just telling me how I'm wrong, <laughs> you know? And so, and, and, and how like, bad of a person you are and yep. basically painting the worst possible picture. And it's just like, okay, there's no, there's no talking to that. No, There's, you know, it's the screaming toddler with red face. Like there's mm-hmm. no reasoning with that. It's literally like, all right, I need to <laughs> walk away from this. You need to cool down and we'll go our separate ways. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. And it's just, it's interesting how, like, 
they all have the same narrative. And I think like, so my degree is actually in psychology. I don't know if you knew that or not. So my no. degree is in psychology, social psychology. So all of this is just like fascinating to me, like the tribalism mm-hmm. and the brainwashing and just everything, you know, and it's, and they, it's interesting because all of the people who have, I have blocked all have the same strategy and narrative. And it's all about, you need to be educated. I'm here to educate you. Like, what was the other one? I'm doing you a favor. Um, like, and, and it was just all of that tone. Like, and I just said, I'm like, I'm willing to have a discussion or a debate. And then they'll be like, well, I'm not here to debate you. I'm here to educate you. I'm here to tell you where you're wrong. I'm not here for a conversation because you're wrong. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong and I'm doing you a favor. That was all of their narratives. And I'm like, mm, nope, like <laughs> that's not going to work. And it's ironic because what attracted me originally to the left and the democratic party was open-mindedness. And I feel like they don't have that at all. And <laughs> it's the they maybe did. Conservative. But... They maybe did. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny, like you look back at JFK and like what his policies were. And I'm like, that is not what the democratic party is now. And it's, it just keeps going further and further and further left. And I mean, it seems like conservatives are the ones that are like, yes, let's have a discussion. Like, yes, you know, I'm willing to talk about this. And, you know, what's interesting is Charlie Kirk made this point when I was listening to one of his podcasts. It's like conservatives always seem to be on the defense. So conservatives are the ones who actually do their research and they know what they're talking about. And they they're very, very strong on their beliefs because they've done the research. So that way, because they're always on defense and they have to know what to say. <laughs> I mean, what views are by and large challenged nowadays? Is it, it's, it's one, one, one side, you know, and typically the left's views are uh, just kind of accepted and people take them at face value, but conservative views, it's like, you have to, defend to you have to justify tooth and nail so uh, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right yeah and i think too you know a a big a big shift i think i even had towards about trump like just before covid it was probably around january or so i was kind of during the impeachment Mm -hmm. and i just thought like it was almost you know it was almost just like a gut like discernment feeling of like it just didn't make sense like it was just kind of one of those things where i'm like this makes no sense to me. Like, why is he getting impeached right now when he's done nothing wrong? And like, it just, it just all just didn't make any sense. Not, you know, and it's like, and I'm not here to say Trump is perfect by any means, but you know, it, it was just like, it was just almost like a gut feeling of like, this just isn't right. Like, and I didn't like how people talked about him. I didn't like how the media and celebrities and everybody just talked so horribly about him. I'm like, he is the sitting president. Like, you know, they joke of like, Trump's not going to accept the 2020 results. And I'm like, you guys haven't accepted the 2016 results. Like he's your president. Like yeah, Hillary, like- <laughs> Hillary said that on air. And I was like, wait a minute, who didn't accept 2016 results? <laughs> you. And then the rest of really the rest of the democratic party. And that's why we've had four years of allegations. We had a, the, the Mueller report, we had an impeachment, like literally trying everything in the kitchen sink mm-hmm. to get this man out of office and nothing. Thing is sticking. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it, it it's it's just crazy. And now that I'm like, you know, because before, I mean, I was just so like, wasn't really like after the election, I was just like not. I just checked out of politics like altogether. Mm-hmm. And I just remember 
I remember when the Brett Kavanaugh thing happened and I remember how everyone was losing their mind about that. And then I found out it was false. Like there was no evidence to show that like this lady had any, any like valid story whatsoever. And it's just so many things. Like I start going back and I remember hearing about this, this happened or that happened. And I look into it and I'm like, it was a total lie. It was a total lie. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it's, it's just insane. And, and I hope that, I hope that we can get back to a place to where we can have these conversations again. And I'm not having to block people. I don't want to block people on social media. I don't want that. I want people to follow me. I'm open for discussion, but at the same time, it's like the other side has to be open to a discussion too. Yeah, it's a two-way street, and and that's the tough thing for me too that I'm that I'm constantly wrestling with is like, all right, how do I approach this? Which, by the way, I think your post did a wonderful job, uh, and it is a great example um, of the kind of posts that would be extending an olive branch, and you could then maybe open up the other side to be like, okay, this is a reasonable person who. Um, supports Trump. So you break that narrative that everyone talks, always talks about of, you know, Trump supporters are crazy or, um, you know, you can't talk to them. They're racist, they're bigots, whatever. And mm-hmm. that's all what I'm always, what I'm constantly wrestling with, especially right now is, all right, how do, how am I going to represent or, or, or reasonably, you know, bring arguments to the table, or bring discussions to the table. Like if I want to have a discussion with somebody, I always have to make sure that it's like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to attack their ideas. I'm never going to attack the person. I'm always going to mm-hmm. respect the person as a person. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think we're seeing us. We're starting to see kind of a slumbering giant kind of not waking up, but more so kind of rousing a little bit, maybe rolling over. Um, mm-hmm. but it's going to take that, you know, the silent majority waking up to really see something. But, uh, I, I want to kind of touch on a couple, couple of questions. So yeah. pre, I guess if you could rank, so we kind of had our highlights, you know, you graduate, you know, your senior year high school and then talking about college. And then, um, once you opened up your own business, which there's some interesting stuff in there that I want to hit on, but more so, I guess, starting from when you, you know, joined the, the young, uh, democratic club at your high school how and then tracing it all the way to now on maybe a scale of one to ten or one to a hundred i'll let you pick how would you rate your political involvement involvement like how into politics were you and throughout this whole journey so i would say you know i think in high school and college and i and and this is obviously a huge sweeping declaration you know generalization Mm -hmm. here that i'm about to say but i think this applies to a lot of people is that, you know, the democratic party and how they present themselves and how their followers present themselves is they are the ones who are enlightened to the truth. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think I felt like I was, um, but I really wasn't. And the reason why I say I really wasn't was because I would say like high school, college, post-grad, I would probably put me as like a, like a four or five, maybe. Okay. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, I mean, political involvement obviously is a subjective term, but the reason why I put it out at like a four or five is because I didn't actually look into anything. I just listened to a narrative. I just listened to 
oh, okay, I'm a Democrat, so I need to listen to these news networks and just be a little robot and just say whatever they say. Like, I, there was no individualism. There was no critical thinking. There was no free thinking. There was nothing. I just listened to what Bernie would say. I would listen to what CNN and Anderson Cooper would say. And I, that, that was my argument. I would listen to what other people would say. And that was my argument. I never actually looked into anything myself, um, you know, because I had friends that, you know, and maybe they were more researched. Maybe they were more of, you know, they actually dove into this stuff. But for the most part, any arguments or any points I would make, I would get them from other people. I never came up with them myself. Um, fast forward to today. I mean, I would put me at like an eight or a nine. I mean, I'm like researching and, you know, and it's different because it's not just listening to the news. And I think it's like, I'm researching because I want to know what's happening and I want to gather as much information as possible. So that way, one, not only do I know both sides of the argument, but so that I can make a decision for myself and I don't have somebody on the news telling me what I need to say and what I need to do. And so I'm reading, you know, the, my main, I guess, news source, you know, cause I don't have time to read the news all day, every day, but my main news source is Tim pool. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a Trump supporter. He's not a Republican. He's not conservative. I mean, he's a liberal from Chicago. And so it's like, that's where I get majority of my news from. And so but then I also listen to Ben Shapiro. I listen to Dan Crenshaw. I listen to, you know, some other, you know, podcast Ted Cruz. And then, you know, there's I there, you know, and so it's like I'm kind of all over the board and I get information from a lot of different sources and then I make my own decision. So that's why I think like I would rate myself even though like media wise, I'm probably doing the same amount of intake, but as far as like personal research, I'm doing significantly more than I've ever done in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, you know, I will say this too. It's not on some level, everyone is kind of forced to be more political now because I mm -hmm. think now even versus even just in the last four years, you've seen a tremendous shift where it's something that is kind of annoys me, but is just an inevitable reality is that, there is um, everything is becoming political and everything has to be political in some way, shape or form. Nothing can be apolitical anymore. And right. And so now everyone's kind of forced to understand their political stance or at least pretend like they do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, so you're kind of forced to, but, but that's interesting though, is, you know, cause you, I don't know, it's just very, very interesting. So another another thing that I thought about while you're, while you're walking us through your story was how you talked about um, – it, it doesn't sound like you maybe had a, a super distinct, like, singular red pill moment. It was more like yeah. you had it was, several – It was a slow drip. It was a yeah. slow drip. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was like a slow drip on, <laughs> on a coffee maker, and yeah. you eventually had the pot full, and that's when you, you know, realized, oh, this is coffee. Okay. Um, right exactly <laughs> but just to so but it sounds like it was about a four-year journey like where you're you're just kind of coming to that point though that final kind of tipping point what three mm -hmm. four months ago and yeah and that started 2016 yep wow it was i would say it was after the election so mm -hmm. almost almost four years yeah and it was like i said it was totally like uh, just a slow trip and it was the kind of like I would get some information here and then like I would see this video here and it was just almost kind of like planting seeds and and that's that's kind of my approach with people now because 
ultimately people don't want to be told they're wrong. Like no one in the world wants to be told they're wrong. So sending a message to somebody in response to their story is not going to do anything. And so I just hope that people still follow me. And all I do is I just post like little things here and there. And that's exactly how I've gotten a few people who are kind of waking up to everything of just like, Hey, I saw this on your story. And so I started diving into it and this is what I found. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and it's like, and they were just like, why doesn't the media report on that? And I'm like, I'm going to let you figure that out on your own. Like, I don't, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to put ideas in people's heads. I don't want to tell them what to think. I want them to do the research themselves. So. Yeah. Because I mean, if, if you're trying, if you're talking to people who just follow headlines and like you and I'm, I'm the same way you and I once did where we just repeat what we hear from other people, but we actually don't form any of our own thoughts, then you're not really changing anything. You're, 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 you're just waiting in a different side of the pool at this point. Like you're still, Mm -hmm. beliefs are still going to be pretty shallow and, but more so it's probably not going to convince you though. So it's like the the power of doing, you kind of have to let people come to that decision themselves. You just kind of provide them, um, with the groundwork, like you said, like you plant that seed, but the, the seed ultimately has to germinate and grow into the plant. You can't mm-hmm. do anything extra except you just water it to make, to make it grow. Like you right. just, it, it does all the growing people have to do all the changing on their own. So uh, an, an, an interesting point though, that I definitely um, think is very pertinent in particular, in particular, what we're talking about is where you talked about you, you, uh, kind of one of the first steps was you, you started owning your own business mm-hmm. and then you found out through very practical circumstances that like, Oh no, this is bad. I don't like this or I don't like that. I, I guess were there was there, could you maybe dive into that a little bit and talk about how, because that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that, and I see this a lot to where people like to say things that sound good or make you feel good, but if you actually see them play out, they don't really, they don't really play out well, you know, classic phrase, all the path to hell is paved with good intentions. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, you, may, you may mean well, but is what is this action actually doing well? And sure. it sounds like you kind of learned that you were like, yeah, here's what I believe. But then all of a sudden when that directly affected you, like it, you know, it, this is what it takes for, most people to change on something on some things is like, it has to directly happen to them before they care about it. Right. You, you, you I, found several things that were like, Oh no, this, hold on, wait a minute. I have to rethink this because this is now directly affecting my life and in, inhibiting me. Yeah, no, there's, I mean, there's several things, there's several policies and you know, there's mm-hmm. about three, two or three off the top of my head. I can definitely dive into is like, I think the first one was, you know, of like, with with Bernie's platform, it was you know fifteen dollar minimum wage, free mm-hmm. healthcare, free college, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. But then like I had, I want to say it was my mom, she who's not super conservative by the way, she's probably about in the middle, but she was just kind of walking me through of like, okay, well who's going to pay for that? And I was like, well they're going to tax the rich, and she's like, okay, but if the rich are the rich are rich for a reason, like they're, they've made millions and billions of dollars because they're smart. So if the tax changes here in the United States, guess what? They're going to move their money somewhere else. Like they're going to find loopholes. So the people who are going to hit harder are the middle class who don't have that flexibility that the wealthy have. I was like, that's an interesting point. And she was like, and also something else too. She goes free healthcare. And she was, cause my mom works in pharmaceuticals. So like, she's very, you know, very 
knowledgeable in healthcare. She, you know, she was like, you're very healthy. She goes, you're a very healthy person. You take care of your body. You drink lots of water. You eat healthy food. You don't drink soda. She goes, why should you have to pay for somebody else who doesn't choose to take care of their body? And I was like, that's a good point. And, you know, just kind of like little things like that. And then I think the biggest thing was just, yeah, I mean, like learning that all of this comes from taxes of just like, okay, what drew me to Bernie was out of college. You know, I didn't get into grad school. I had this degree in psychology. I had nothing I could do with it. And so, you know, I just wanted to be pissed off about it. I wanted to blame the system. I wanted to blame this and I wanted to blame that. And I wanted to blame everybody else for my problems. And then I got an opportunity to own my own business. And when you start reading entrepreneurial books, it's very, it's like, and I said this earlier, I was like, it's very much, you have to take responsibility for your own life, period, regardless of whatever's happening, regardless of the system, regardless of your like, like situation that you're in. And I think that was like really the big turning point for me was like, I don't have to rely on the government. I don't have to rely on anybody else. Like, okay, yeah, it sucks. I didn't get into grad school. Yeah, it sucks that I had a hard time and I couldn't get hired on anywhere, but I have an opportunity in the greatest country in the world to start my own business. And I did that for three years and, you know, ultimately found out it really wasn't what I wanted to do, but Hey, I still made it work. And because of that experience, I'm at where I'm at now. So if I would have just stayed as a pissed off bartender, you know, at mad at the world that I have this college degree and I'm bartending and I would have stayed that I wouldn't be where I'm at now, you know? And so it's like, it's just that mindset of, the, the 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 Bernie platform and the left platform is that you're you're oppressed, the system's broken, you can't do anything about it, you're stuck where you're at, but we the government are here to help. And it's just like, no, that's total crap. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to change your life, go change your life. And I think like that was really the philosophical moment that that made me switch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so my my dad, I come from a family where my grandpa bought the business and my dad now owns it. And I remember, I remember when Obamacare first passed and everyone loved it. And then I found out that my, my parents now had to pay two, three times more. And like, we're in a situation where they're like, well, we it, we're capped at how many employees we have just because of how much like our healthcare expenses shot through the roof. And my dad's business is so small. I mean, you're talking three to four to five employees mm -hmm. at most. So it's, it's really nothing. It's a, genuine small business it's not like we have 50 employees or anything and right. it shot through the roof and like that and a couple other moments learning about kind of the ins and outs i'm just like man it's it's funny when people talk about well you, they talk about tax cuts for the big corporations and they're so evil and it's like i don't have you have you dingbats work for the big corporations and <laughs> that, if, yep. that if they have to pay less in payroll taxes that's more money in your wallet if they have to pay less in all these different taxes and can get tax breaks because they cities will give them tax breaks because they'll move into the city that means they can hire more people mm -hmm. that means they can pay their people better and they will choose to yeah the ceo is probably going to make more because he's being business savvy but it's just you know it's interesting to see that and really really what i see that as in your journey is it was a moment where like the practical met the conceptual so you had mm -hmm. the ideas but and this is a lot of people, they, they, they sit back and we like to we talk about the ideas. We have the ideas, but we don't always look at the practical situations. And you had that practical play out right in front of you. Like I, um, one of my favorite random videos that went viral was when Cardi B first got, she blew up. I don't follow her or listen to her, but I came across a video where she was complaining about like the government's taking like 40% of her check or something like that. And she was like, what the F is this? And I was like, 
there there's a, that's there it the, is moment, right <laughs> like yeah pissed off i was like well you, you that's a welcome to almost being a conservative but like yeah you you got to understand the fruits of of your labor if you will in kind of a way right in, in a way so um absolutely the- yeah and i and i think too of like you know learning how you know, of just like, I I think too, like you said, like going in my own journey of like learning how, like, if you don't like your situation, you can change, like quit relying on other people to do it for you. And I think like, you know, that was such a huge shift for me. And I, in learning about, you know, what you said about like, oh, if companies like, you know, evil capitalism and all this and like, and that's what I'm like, oh, business owners, they just, all they care about is money and this and that. And I'm like, no, once I became business owner, like you're working 80 hours a week. Like sometimes like y- you're, you know, your people make more money than you sometimes. Cause it's just like, that's the fact of it. And it's like all of these things that you hear about business owners and capitalism and this and that, 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 that Bernie was pushing and the, and the far left push, it's just all a lie. It's just all a lie. And, and, and I would even argue that capitalism has done more for poor people than socialism ever will, because it, you know, it goes out and it forces you to, learn about finances it forces you to you know learn all of these things and it doesn't matter if you distribute wealth evenly if people don't know how to manage money they're going to end up right back where they were six months later mm-hmm. and it's and i don't know i've always thought i was like man it'd be great in school if people if like you if your senior year of high school you had to like there was a class that was i don't know practical learning or whatever you want to call it, but like you, maybe you had to walk through the steps of starting your own business. And so you can see this because that's what I see a disconnect in that is that most people don't have that journey. Few people venture out to take that journey, but uh, a big point that kind of, so just to, this isn't about me, but my journey was basically I grew up conservative and um, I I kind of held to those beliefs, but I I was really apolitical. I was actually anti-political is what I'd call. Uh, (laughs) I was like, I was like politics. My dad listens to Rush Limbaugh every day, Fox news every night. And like, it was just always on and around. And I was just like, this is Mm -hmm. is dumb. This doesn't do anything. I didn't believe in the system at all. I was like, this is stupid. Well, I was like, I'm just going to stay out of it because it's annoying. It's just a bunch of people screaming at each other. Right. But then, you know, so then I got to college and um, like like happens a lot in college is I basically had my my liberal moment, if you will, or my, mm-hmm. my, my shift left. But then I've since snapped back out of that. That was maybe two or so years of my life where I became you know kind of anti-gun and I was for certain policies. And um, then what it took kind of with you was I had like several really tough conversations where my ideas that I held were directly confronted and basically people ask the question why. And uh, in, in all honesty, I, I lost, if, if you want to say it's a winner, you know, win or lose moment, I, I lost the argument. I lost the discussion mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't have any answers for a lot of their stuff. And I, I was like, well, uh, me being a reason, a rational person, I was like, well, what I'm, what I'm clinging to doesn't make any sense. This actually makes sense and, and pans out and checks out. And so uh, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, you kind of touched on with Bernie is it's like, you can't help yourself. The general idea seems to be, you can't help yourself. So we're going to help you and mm-hmm. you're, you're helpless. You can't do anything. So we're going to help you. And in it's so out, disempowering. It's, it's, so it's disempowering. condescending. Like yeah. going, you, you talked about how people, they all use the same tactics against you. They say, no, 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 I'm not, it's not a discussion. I'm, I'm 
I'm going to educate you. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. I'm helping mm-hmm. you out. It's like, that's the most condescending, like when you actually think <laughs> about that's the most condescending way to talk to another fully functioning, um, independent adult. Like, yeah. And I, and I always, and I always kind of overstate, like I could just say an adult conversation, but I always say that because it's like, hold on, I'm a fully functioning independent adult. I am married. I work. I earn my own living. And you're going to talk to me like a little child. And mm-hmm. so, basically what that implies is that that implies that imp- the implications of those statements is saying that like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand you're, you're misguided. Like think about when, um, I, I, like, I literally think about like, if you're the adult talking to the little kid and the little kid says something off the wall and you have to be like, explain, well, this is why, no, no. And it's like, you're not, you're not getting, you're not, that's not an argument because you're literally edu- educating the kid on maybe why this right. is wrong or why you don't touch the stove, but they're doing that to you and saying that your ideas are that way. And it's like, that's not, it's one thing to be like, look, these ideas are loony, but to, to come at it from that angle is just like, that's actually pretty disrespectful and very condescending and Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't help you out. No. um, And uh, my favorite one, uh, and I I talk about this a lot. My favorite one was there's a guy who I worked with in college and I kid you not, he felt the need. Just writing a message wasn't enough. He typed up a two page word document telling mm-hmm. me how stupid I am. Oh, like, man. like I can't like, I, cause I posted something. I don't remember what it was. It was, it was something about, it might've been about COVID. It might've been about, I don't know where. And, and then here's the thing. It's like, I just ask questions. I just say like, isn't this interesting? Like when I share stuff, like I don't say like anything off the wall usually. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I opened it up and I was like, what is this? And like, I clicked on it and it was like, I thought he was sending me something like tell, like explaining like why my argument was wrong. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It it was a personalized letter. <laughs> oh my gosh! How stupid I was, and that to not take it personally because he's doing me a favor. Like it oh. was just like I was just like, oh my gosh! And I and then I said, I just said I was like, you know, maybe in the future this isn't the best way to have a discussion with somebody. <laughs> And he said, oh, I'm not here to discuss. I'm here to educate you. And then Gosh. like, like same thing. It's like all the same narrative, like that, that very patronizing, very like, you know, I know more than you. You're, you're dumb. You're not in the know. Like, let me tell you how it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's just such a crazy culture. It doesn't. And, and it, since when does using that sort of tone ever change anybody's mind is the other question ever. I want to ask. It's like, ever. it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. If you, if you want to sit there and be like, and you can have that thought of like, Oh no, this person is so wrong and off base. It's like, it's not a, it's like, I just have to, I have to learn them some knowledge here. And you, you it doesn't mean you have to verbally express it that way to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because your chances of success are so low. It's like, that's the other thing is I think about is like people, it's not gonna it's not gonna change anybody's mind like he didn't he all all he did probably was felt better about himself than actually do anything good for you all it yeah. did is alienate you make you um feel disrespected make him feel better and he left that there and really what it probably did is it probably only galvanized you in your position and said like yeah see this is why i'm definitely on the right side of things because you look at how you talk to people and Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, well, I don't talk to people like that. So I think I might actually be in the right. You might actually be in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. Question that. So, um, yeah, it's just, wow. I, so 
on that note, you said you say we don't have to like get super specific, but like how when you're talking threats, like like have people like threatened you like your life, your home? Have you have you been doxxed at all? Um. So his was like you know because oh, and here's also the narrative they use. Mm-hmm. It's very so. I'm here to educate you. I'm doing you a favor. What you're saying is dangerous. It's yes. dangerous, and so that. Every single person who I've had to block, they've all said the same thing. It's like they're little robots. And it's so, but it was, it was him and then another woman who I worked with in college and him, his, they were both like, you know, we're like, if you don't stop talking, like, you know, you're so disrespectful. Um, no, it wasn't him. It was two other people. There's been a lot of people. I get them mixed up. Um, one of them was explicit because I was a racist, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Yep. And um, and so it was, you know, you are so insensitive. You're a terrible person. Like, mm. we're going to contact your place of employment, which they knew, you know, I worked, um, you know, at the Thunder at the time. And so it was like... Um, they were like, we're going to contact the Thunder. We're going to, you know, they don't want some, like, can't, they won't want anybody who's racist, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was mostly my job. Never, like, physical threats or, okay. like, death threats. It was more right. so, like, we're going to, or I'm going to report you on social media, um, trying to get my accounts deleted, uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and so it wasn't never, they're never, like, we're going to come for your family. We're going to come for your life. We're going to come burn your house down. Mm-hmm. It was more of the cancel culture type thing. Gotcha. Try and just remove your livelihood. Um, yeah, in, in, exactly. In to get a job, which is always in the back of my mind, especially once you become more vocal about these things. It's like, that's definitely in the back of my mind uh, of like, well, you know, it, all it takes is nobody ever think it's going to be them. And then they make seemingly an innocuous post and it goes viral overnight. And then all of a sudden they have national attention and it's like, next yeah. thing no, like you very realistic, realistically could be out of your job. It's a little scary, but um, yeah. I was just curious because it's a little bit of a relief, but still it's just like, it's to think about, I mean, that's, that's right along the same vein. Yeah. I mean, I've had people report my posts to Facebook and Instagram. I've gotten, um, they got notification. Um, no, they were, they get flagged as false, Mm -hmm. um, you know, by their lovely fact checkers. Um, and you know, and then, so they get, they get flagged. Mm-hmm. And then they say, like, if this keeps happening, we can shadow ban your account or delete your account, like stuff like that. So I've gotten notifications about that, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's oh, man. it's scary. It's like border like they're like borderline communists. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like it's like <laughs> it's just like right there of like you really don't want any other voices to be heard. Like, that's terrifying. Well, so. Have you ever been called a fascist? I have not. I've been called about everything else, but I have not been called a fascist. Okay. Well, because a lot of times that comes along with those insults, but it's sure. the same people that want to call you a fascist who really don't understand what fascism is in that mm-hmm. it's, using, it's using authority to um, to squash dissent. And mm-hmm. the people who are sitting there reporting you trying to get you fired because you believe differently than them and they're like, you're, you know, pro- and a lot of times they could be calling you a fascist and you're like, well, no, no, no. You're actually the fascist here, but mm-hmm. wow. That's, that is something else. You, well, you didn't lose your job, right? No, 
No. So, I mean, I, I have a different job now. Um, right. And so, and it's, but I know that no one contacted me from my jobs. No one has said anything. And so it's like, it could just be all talk, you know? Um, I think a but, lot of they are. Yeah. And, and I think too of, you know, and I said this earlier of like, now that I've continued speaking, because I think this is the biggest thing is like people come out of the political closet, right? And they say one thing and it's like, like I said, just like moth to a flame, like just like, like total attack, right? By all of the, the their leftists and you know friends. I like to say leftists. I don't want to say liberal because those no. are two totally different things. <laughs> and so by their by their leftist friends, and they get scared, and then they can either retreat and delete and not say anything ever again, or you can keep posting and people. Guess what? People don't care. Like it's like once you it, it notice all the people they've tried to cancel. And they come back and say, like, no, screw you. Like, you're not going to cancel me. I said what I said. And mm-hmm. then they move on to somebody else. Like, it's like if you stand firm in what you believe, eventually they'll leave you alone. And so the more, like, the more I've posted, the less people reach out, the less people message me, the less it's, it happens. When I very first started, like, March, April, I got it a lot. And, I mean, it was exhausting. And, but now, like, I mean – a few hateful comments here and there, but nothing, nothing like what I used to get. So uh, my message is, it's you're gonna get, you're gonna get pushback, you're gonna get hate, you're gonna lose friends. People are gonna, I mean, just from that Trump post alone, I lost like almost seventy followers. So um, on Instagram, yeah, and it was just almost kind of like a game. Like I did, I texted my best friend and I said, "All right, over under, how many followers am I gonna lose?" And like we said, she said thirty, I said forty, and like we said, you know, seventy. We're up to seventy wow. now. And that's not even including like since I've started in March. That was just since since I've started in March, I've lost like three hundred followers. But and but it's like I don't care. Like you're gonna find the right people who can vibe with you, even if they don't agree. Like I have a lot of friends who they're liberal and they don't like Trump, but like we can at least have a discussion and we can at least understand like what's going on on the far left is insane. And it's like this whole anti-America, anti-everything else, like. I mean, they're liberal. We disagree on just about every policy possible, but we can at least agree that we're Americans and that we are proud to yeah. live in this country. And that's what's that's what is like that scares me the most about this far left is like we can't even find common ground if we can't even agree to live in the same country together. You know what I mean? Like and and so it's like, but at least with people who who jive with me at least we're pro-America. And that's all I care about. Like, I don't want a single party system. I don't think that we should have all the same policies. We need different ideas. We need different approaches because there's things that come up that I don't think about that somebody else will who's on the other side of the political spectrum. But at least we have to be pro-America. And I think ultimately we're all striving towards the same goal. Like we want equality between white and black people. Like we want people to, you know, live life with liberty and to, you know, be happy and to not have people infringe upon their rights. And it's like, we're all striving for the same goal, but it seems like we just have vastly different ways to get there. Yeah. There's, there's the one way of, uh, so I was listening to Ben, ben Shapiro's, you know, making the rounds cause he released his new book, um, which I did what? order a, I pre-ordered a signed copy. So hopefully it comes. Oh, in, nice. In, I ordered in, it so. too. Not the signed copy, but I got, I got the, the hard copy in today. So yeah. that's what I'm going to be doing today, oh, starting what? that. <laughs> You yeah. got yours already. I ordered this like a week and a half ago. But yours is a signed copy. Yours is a signed I copy. I guess. And so I had to wait till he did his his little like live book signing. But anyways, no, he talked about. I'm pretty sure it was him. He said like he's like, there's two distinctions. Like there's one there's there's one sect of people that wants to say uh, it's um, 
burn down the whole system, start over from scratch, like scorch the earth and we mm-hmm. need to grow anew. And then there, but then there's the other sect that's like, the system has flaws. Let's focus on the flaws and try and change the flaws within the system, but we still keep the system. Right. And right. That, and that, that's what we think you're hitting on. And that's a fundamental difference. It's like between those two sects, you really can't find common ground because one mm-hmm. literally hates the system, believes it's evil to the core. And the other one says, Oh, the, the system at its core is actually pretty great. It just has problems. And usually the problems mm-hmm. from guess what? People within the system who are flawed. Right. That's, that's usually the problem. Like the principles laid by the declaration, the constitution, those are, they're actually those are inherent principles that supersede any sort of government the government didn't they didn't come up with those they said no no no, we're going to recognize those and right you you know well and i think yeah well and i think too like i i got this from from jordan peterson and he made a really good point and i don't i don't know what you you know believe spiritually or anything but i'm I'm a christian and same i know i believe i believe in god and he makes an excellent point of something i've never even thought about before he was like he's like the reason why like God has to be the center of government is because God gives you these rights, life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. God gives you those rights. And the moment you take God out, then man gives you those rights. And so if man gives you those rights, man can take away those rights. And like, when I heard that, I was just like, mind blown. Like, I'm <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Like, and that's what's, that's what's happening. That's what they're trying to do is like, I mean, the left has already taken God out of the equation and it's just like now they're saying, no, man, get, we gave you these rights. We can take them away. And so it's like and that's like that's where it gets that's where it gets crazy. That's where it gets crazy. And and that's where I've never really been a big believer in, you know, putting God in government until I heard that. I was like, that is the most like profound statement I think I've ever heard. <laughs> no, that's incredible. I'd never like. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I probably believe that inherently, but like never heard it articulated in a statement, it's, you know, and. Jordan Peterson is super intelligent. I I like it because he comes back to God and specifically Christianity so much, even though I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure he's like borderline atheist. He's more probably even agnostic. I don't know. You might know more about him, but like he's not. I don't think he's a, I think he believes in God. I don't think he identifies as a Christian, but he definitely believes in God. And he got there through like literally academics and studies and which is not usually the case. Usually what you see is you, you see people reason and learn their way out of faith because it, because it's faith. Right. And it, it right. It's not technical. There's no, the, the, the line of logic stops, but that's, that's actually an incredible. And that's good though, to know, because you say God, and I think a lot of people at least in the Western world think, you know, the Christian God, which I believe mm-hmm. is probably the best one to model it after, but nonetheless, just just un, just saying like, hey, there's something greater than us, greater a higher than government, power. greater than man. That right. like these, whether you can call them natural rights, mean they're inherent in nature. Which, if you don't want to believe in God, nature could be your um, the universe. Yeah, or, yeah, the, you, yeah. They're, they're they're bestowed upon that, and so it's like they can't be taken away. And um, I don't know if you uh, saw this, but during all the shutdowns, I remember seeing something. Uh, a couple things actually where it was um, people making statements like, Oh, your rights have been suspended or like, you don't have these rights for the time being. And that was actually pretty scary for me. Cause it was like, hold on. You, that's not rights, especially the fundamental ones. Aren't ones that you can be like, we need to 
we need to take a time out from you having this right because mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Like it was kind of the ex- the extenuating circumstance, like the the outlier, the whole classic. You know, you tell your teacher, "What if my house catches on fire and I can't finish my assignment?" Kind right. of situation, like a global pandemic, is that. But it also in the same sense, it's like there there is there's still a line though that can't be crossed there. That like mm-hmm. you may be the government and this may be you may have good cause for this, but on some level it's like, you can't sit there and be like, Oh no, you're right. You know, we, we have to suspend your, your right to free speech or your right to own a firearm because this is happening right now. It's like, mm, I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, and, and I think that's the biggest thing too, is like, that's also a huge narrative, like from the left of like, your rights aren't being infringed on, like stop complaining. Your rights aren't being infringed on like, and I'm like, Whoa, like who's to take, like, how do you know? Like, do you mm-hmm. follow me around every day? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it, 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 yeah, it's just this crazy assumption that like these people in government think that they know what's best for everybody. And it's like, that's the beauty of America is that, you know, we are, we're, we're, we're a Republic and that's where people get to decide what they want to do. And you have to, in, in a Republic, you trust other people to do the right thing. We do that every single day. Even with a virus, with with flu season, with driving on the road, with getting in an airplane, with literally everything, we are trusting that everybody is going to do the right thing. And that's what a republic is. And that's what America is. And it's just it's infuriating that for some reason, after hundreds of years of this working, it's not going to work anymore. And it's just like, nope, you know, I know you I know you guys have done the right thing for the last couple hundred years, but nope, we're not going to do it. Like you guys, you guys don't know what we're talking about. And it was just like that, that it's, it's now going against what the country was founded on. And I think that's where like a lot of conservatives get upset about that. The whole COVID thing more than the, more than the left does, because it's like, we're going against everything that this country was founded on. Like, it's not just about a mask. It's not just about a lockdown. Like it's so much further and deeper than that. Right. And it's, and, and they get so caught up in, you know, the, the they try and appeal to your emotion, your humanity and say, well, it's like, so you're trying to kill people. Like you're fine with people dying. It's like, no, I never said that. I'm not fine with people dying. There's a balance though. There's an inevitability Uh to this sort of thing. Like I was talking about this with someone the other day where I was like, you know, they asked me about the masks and how, how much you think they work. And I said, you know, we can really get into that, but more so what this is about is, is like the goal of flattening the curve was accomplished. And so we can, we need to start to get back to normal because you're actually going to see more suffering from it, not opening, but more so it was, it's about like, look, there's, it's here and there's no, there's no, we're not going to be able to bring this to a full stop. So we have time to develop a, a, a vaccine and then we can be like, all uh-huh. right, now, now you can take off all your masks. No, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. It is uh-huh. going to continue to spread no matter what we do. All uh-huh. we can do is we can mitigate it as best as possible and stay as ready as possible. So keeping our healthcare system not from, from not being overwhelmed and making sure people are taking um, appropriate steps to take care of their health so that their immune system is as strong as possible to be able to take care of it. And then isolating from those uh, vulnerable populations and, uh-huh. and, and, you know, and if that's your parents, your grandparents, it's like just taking the appropriate steps to stay from them. But like, there's, there's an inevitability, but people like to come at it from the angle where, where they say things that imply that, um, oh, this this can be totally stopped, and and we're gonna stop all the we're gonna stop the, the cases are gonna go from you know however many a day to zero. We're gonna bring them all the way back down to zero. That's not gonna happen. This is right. here. 
it's here to stay. It's like the flu, uh, potentially, right. where it's going to be here every year and have a resurgence. We don't know yet, but I mean, the flu has been around for how many thousands of years? And it's just like, it's an right. understood thing. You know, what they say, 60 or 70,000 a year die from the flu. And it's just like, nobody bats an eye. <laughs> you know why? Because it's, we can't it's stop normalized. it. It's normalized. Yeah. But we, we've come up with a system to mitigate it as best as we can. So, um, yeah. And which is, I'm, I'm thankful talking about, you know, rights. And I think there have been some governments that have overstepped um, locally within their states or even their, their municipalities. I'm grateful that Oklahoma specifically has left things to the local level. Oh, and yes. and it's funny though. I've seen friends that like, they're like the governor, 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 Stitt, he needs to mandate this, 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 and do all this. And I'm like, actually Why? He, he, he doesn't <laughs> all, all that's like, it's not going to, and then I stop myself there before I like get too much moving to an argument on that and say like, so, and I try and look at the fundamental, the fundamental part of what they're saying. And what they're saying mm-hmm. is you need to solve this for us. You, right. you need to do this, do this, do this. It's pointing at other people. And it's like, no, no, no. How about I, I'm going to wear a mask when I go out. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to try and socially distance. Um, I still need to be able to function throughout my life. And I'm going to do that. You need to do that. And if our city decides that it's bad enough in our city then our city can do that first. And then if the state gets bad enough, then you can do something on the entire state level. Cause like my yeah. hometown denied the mask mandate, but they've only had like, I don't know, a handful of deaths and they maybe have like a hundred cases, maybe probably not in the whole County, which is yeah, that town is the seat, but there's like, I don't know, 30 towns in that and they're all small. And, but then like, okay, see in Tulsa, you know, they've in, implemented mask mandates. And I think that's the way it should be is like, the localities govern themselves because they know what's best for their community, but we don't necessarily need that on the state level. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I live in Moore and Mm -hmm. there's no mandates here. And so, I mean, it's like everyone just, yeah, everyone just kind of does it. It's it's funny because there's mandates in Oklahoma Oklahoma city and there's mandates in Norman, (laughs) but it's not, we're just like, we're just right in the middle of just like no mask. The other thing I noticed too, is that like literally the week of, um, OKC mandating uh, voting on that. Mm-hmm. I got I got uh, several emails or notices from businesses that I go to. Like one of them was Walmart, one of them was Sam's, one of the other ones were my, was the gym I'm going to, and they all said, "Hey, you need to wear a mask when you're in here, and we're going to mandate it. Meaning, if you want to come into our place of business, you're going to have to wear a mask." And then, like two mm-hmm. days later, they're like, "No, it's a there's a citywide mask mandate if you're going to go inside anywhere." And so I was like, "It's I mean." on some level I was like, did they even need to do that? Because it sounds like probably most of the businesses were already, if, if they hadn't already in, implemented that, they were all, they were working on it. Like July yeah. 21st marked when uh, I, I was going to have to wear a mask to be able to go into like Sam's club to, to shop. But then that vote happened. And so it happened three days earlier. And it was kind of funny to me. Cause I was like, that kind of proves my point that like most people are actually kind of wearing masks. They're actually taking the right steps and to sit back and try and say, well, you know, the governor's not doing enough. He needs to do more because it's still spreading. It's like, how about we look at it and say, well, maybe, maybe this thing is just we can't stop the spread. And, mm-hmm. and people are actually doing their part or a lot of people are. There are plenty of people who aren't doing their part. And um, I think they're wrong for doing that. Like the, all the Karens who ra- rave about, you know, it's unconstitutional to make me wear a mask and it's like, I, I also think those people are wrong, but uh, right. I think the people who say like, oh, you don't care, you know, you don't want a, a mask mandate statewide. Well, you don't care about um, people 
dying from this disease. And I'm like, that's not it at all. There's actually a ton of nuance in there. Right. Well, and I think, and and I, I made a, a thread about this on Twitter a mm-hmm. few weeks ago of just kind of like, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is like, it's frustrating. And like I said, it's like, it's so much deeper and it's so silly. Like, it's so silly. Like when you look at it for like, from like a, just like a surface level perspective of like, wear a mask, like, no. And it's like, okay, this is so silly. But like, if you dive into it a little bit more, like, and this might be just be like my psychology in me of yeah. like, of, of what it, like what it represents. And it's just like, you know, it, it's like this tribalism that is formed over the last few months, which is first off, we should never get rid of sports ever again. Because oh, now people, people don't, I mean, think about it. It's like you get rid of sports and it's like this whole thing has been tribalized and politicized like crazy because people don't have a team. And so naturally as human beings, we find our tribe, we find our team that we can be a part of. And because we don't have like sports teams anymore, we now go to political teams. And so then it's just like, then it's just, it's been fascinating from a psychology perspective, but infuriating as a human being. But, um, you know, I made it on my, back to my Twitter thread was just like talking about like, it's not about the the virus. It's not about the COVID. It's just the hypocrisy. It's Mm -hmm. the... It's the, you know, you have to lock down. People can't even be by their bedside of their loved ones when they're dying. Like people are dying listen, alone in the, if my the wife, hospital. If my wife or my parents came, contracted something and were dying in the hospital, I'm going to John Q that hospital before I let them die. <laughs> and right? I don't get to see them. Like that is that you want to, I don't, I try and stem the tide from the, the temper that I can have, but that's one where I'm like, no, the rage is going to fly. If, mm-hmm. if like, if, if, if some, if someone in my family or very close friend was in a situation where they're in the hospital dying, they're like, Oh, because of COVID you can't see them. I'm like, uh, I might punch you in the face and yeah. go break into the room. And yeah. I don't care if I get arrested because they are dying. I mean, if they die, it doesn't matter if, right. if I gave them COVID or they give me COVID because guess what? I'm never going to see that person again. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many people that experience that. And then out of nowhere, like, oh, Black Lives Matter protests. Those are OK. You guys are good. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. Like, if we, it, it, it's all or nothing. Like, you know, people, you know, you told the you told the anti-lockdown protesters that they're that they're killing everybody and they're dangerous and they don't care about this. It's like, you know, even like the mayor of New York came out and like banned all social gatherings except for Black Lives Matter protests. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Blasio's a clown. Oh, my gosh. It's just and and I think like that's more so why people don't want to wear it is because there's just there's flip flop. There's there's studies Mm -hmm. coming out and cases coming out every single day that the numbers have been cooked and that this isn't legit. And I've heard stories on stories on stories of people who literally swabbed water and positive to COVID test (laughs) that they they went to go get tested and there's they waited that it was taking too long. So they left and never got tested. And then they got in the mail that they were positive. So it's like, it's just total, like, it's just the hypocrisy It's the inconsistency. It's the frustration. It's that these quote unquote experts somewhat in Washington somehow know what's best for me and my family in Oklahoma. And it's like, I don't buy it. And I think that's more so what it is. And, but we can't even get to a conversation to get there you know it's just the yelling and the screaming and the the filming and canceling and everything else like we can't even have a conversation and that's the problem mm-hmm. so on that i totally agree it's like how because i i think we're both 
I think you'd agree that we both are in a position where we, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to have a conversation about these things. But the problem is, is that we're not getting reciprocation of that sentiment. Like we're not, they're not people that we're trying to have a conversation with don't want to have that conversation. So I want to pose this question to you. How do you think you get to the point where you have a conversation? Is it just kind of dropping these little um, nuggets of truth and, uh, and facts on your social media? What do you, I guess, what do you think the approach is to get to a point where maybe um, those people would be willing who didn't want to have a conversation would want to have a conversation? I mean, I think it ultimately starts with the person. I mean, exactly like what I was saying about Trump of like, you know, I, it's like, if you want to continue to believe that he's bad, then you're going to continue to believe that he's bad. Like you have to be willing to not necessarily change your mind, but just to be willing to acknowledge that there's another side of this argument. And I think like, if the if the person can't even acknowledge that there may even be another side of the argument, not to change their mind, then it's like it, then you're just like you know, like you said, like yelling at. It's like talking to a toddler who's screaming. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna have a rational conversation with a toddler who's screaming at the top of their lungs. Yeah. And it's like and so it's like that. It has to be that point. But I think what you know, me just posting like little stuff every single day, and then sometimes people, you know, and then it's like. It's posting stuff about like what Trump is actually doing. And then like maybe they'd be like, oh, wait, I might actually agree with that. And so it's just it, you know, I follow so many former like far left SJWs on Twitter who now are kind of in the same position I was like now they're like, yeah, we support Trump. You know, I don't think that I'm definitely more conservative than they are, but it's they all say the same story that they had to figure it out on their own. They had to, there was a little spark, just like a little spark that, that got their interest to where they started figuring everything out on their own. And that's what they, every single one of them say that. They're like, it wasn't anything that someone said to me. It wasn't anything that, you know, I was trying to debate somebody. It never happened in front of somebody. It happened in the privacy by myself when I started looking at something and then I, like that paradigm shift happened. So I think ultimately, like, if they're not wanting to have a conversation, they're not going to want to have it. Yeah. And, and, and I think like, and I point that out and I tell that to people, I straight up say that I go, you don't, you don't want to have your mind changed, nor do you even want to see the other side of the argument. And, and that they, and that they say like, no, that's not true. I'm just telling you that like, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, that you're just, you're just like, you're, you're confirming what I just said. So you just prove my point and you can't even, exactly. It. it's my favorite thing happens ever is people like, no, but you know, it's like, Hey, with all due respect, you're an idiot and I hate you. It's like, well, there's no respect in there. And it's actually disrespectful. And saying with all due respect, didn't make, make it okay to say that I'm an idiot and you hate me. Right. Well, and that's where like a friend, you know, a, a, a friend of mine who we still, we still follow each other on social media. So it's like, we're kind of at the point where it's like, okay, we might disagree, you know, but like she made a post on her story and I don't really reply to stories very often. Like it's very rare. I reply to stories on something. I just kind of let people do their thing. And then it's funny if I see a consistent narrative on all of my liberal friends' stories, then I post something that debunks it. (laughs) So maybe hopefully they see it. Um, And so she made a post basically talking about how like Trump supporters are terrible people and that Trump supporters are, you know, she was like, I hope you say continue to follow me to learn the truth and this and that. And I responded to her and I said, it's like, here's the deal. Like we, you know, you know me, like we can disagree on policy, but like, you know me and you know, I'm not a bad person. 
Mm-hmm. And, and she was just like, it's not about policy. It's about being a decent human being and this and that. And she was like, what has Trump actually ever done for anybody? And so I sent her, Oh man! This is, and this is why I stopped sending stuff. So I have like a lot of stuff saved that I use for references um, mm-hmm. on my phone. And so I sent her, it's everything that Trump has done for the black community. And cause that was her whole thing that he's right. done nothing for the black community. He's done nothing for minorities, you know, that whole narrative. And, and so I sent her and it was just all of these articles, just all, I mean, probably 20, 25 sources and of just, and she just said like, and she still nothing. She still did not believe it. Like, and she was like, well, you can't say that the media lies about Trump and then send me media articles. And I'm like, no, like that's like you're not like and so it's just like she wouldn't even like I sent her 25 different sources and she still didn't she still wouldn't acknowledge it and so that's when I've stopped that's when I've stopped sending sources and I just ultimately I told her I said okay fine we can disagree on literally everything but the I go the lie that you're saying is that Trump supporters are bad people and that is false like you know me you know my heart and that is not true and she hasn't posted anything about Trump supporters ever since. So, I mean, it's just like that could have been maybe that slow drip starting. Yeah. At least it's like, okay, you may, you don't have to like the guy. You don't even have to vote for him. I don't care. But quit saying that people who support him are terrible people because that's just not true. Half the country. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my always my gut response is like, you understand, like he got like 49% of the popular vote. That's literally like, a I don't know how many people voted in the last election, but this tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of people so you believe mm-hmm. that half the country is just are just like evil not like oh you're flawed people like you are evil evil yes and and that's kind of where my hope is too like i i previously i'm i i didn't go from as far left to to trump supporter like you did like it wasn't a total kind of spectrum shift at least in who i vote for um which i think you made a great point a great <laughs> argument on like 2015 bernie is different than 20. 19 or 2020 bernie 100 percent. totally see that and you can see the correlation though where like bernie supporters kind of would shift to trump to vote for trump especially in 2016 because you know he got robbed um of that nomination right so that's, a, right. that's a different conversation for a different day but uh, yeah it's just crap i lost it no yeah. you're, <laughs> you're like so saying? good Mm-hmm. You're no, talking I, about how Trump's like half the country. Oh yeah, talking about yeah. So, so my that's what me becoming more vocal. Like I thought about getting like a yard sign and, and different stuff, and um, or but in general though, I've just been more vocal about like yeah, I, I'm supporting Trump and I'm going to vote for Trump, um, mainly for that reason that you just for 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 the sake of that interaction that you had with that person who knew you personally. It's like I want to illuminate to those people who know me and may mm-hmm. have hold that position that Trump supporters are evil that hey, guess what? You know a Trump supporter. You grew up with a Trump supporter and do you think I'm a I'm like an evil person? Like I'm a bad human being? Like I don't want this and and you know if they say, "Well, yeah, if you support Trump, you are." Then well, that's their own pro- problem and they, they kind of right. out. there's no conversation to be had but like you said where that hopefully made her stop or them i don't know who it was um them stop and think for a second and be like no you're not a bad person well right maybe this statement is wrong like um jamel hill said something similar on twitter the other day that i i was like normally i wouldn't interact with this stuff but like you're a prominent journalist so i'm going to quote this tweet and um she said um if you vote for trump you are a racist. There's no wiggle room. I so saw I just, that. Yeah, I just quoted it and was like, here's the ignorant tweet of the day. 
because <laughs> um, and then someone someone went and found uh, tweet tweets from her in 2016 saying where she talked about how her mom voted for Trump in 2016. And so they were basically like, so oh what about this? And, <laughs> and, and it's like, Oh, I just got caught my pants down. Like, hold that's on. usually how it goes. Isn't it? I mean, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I saw that tweet. It was just, it's so ridiculous. And, and I completely agree with you of like, you know, of being more vocal that you're a Trump supporter and showing that you're a good person and you're willing to have conversations and you're willing to, you know, sit down and talk with somebody like then I think that could, you know, that could be a paradigm shift for somebody. There's a, um, a former SJW who I follow, her name's Carrie. I can't remember her last name, but that was her big shift was she actually like started interacting with Trump supporters and she realized like, Oh my gosh, they're actually not, terrible people and then she got in a rabbit hole of all of these like left people attacking trump supporters and she just saw video after video after video and that was her like wake-up moment of like oh my gosh like we're the bad people like they're not the bad people like we're the bad people and and so that's where i'm like it's they every single one i follow on twitter they all have that moment and so hers was interacting with trump supporters so i i totally agree with what you just said and and my husband does the exact same thing at he's an amazon driver and so when he's at the warehouse he has to wear a mask so he has his trump 2020 mask and my husband is like I call him a golden retriever because he's like the nicest, like literally gets along with every single person. Like the, he does not have an enemy, like everybody loves him. And so that's why he wears it. He goes, I want right. to show that like, you know, like he was like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not going to toot my own horn. He goes, but I'm really well liked. <laughs> and, like, <he's> like, <laughs> and so he's like, I'm really well liked. And he's like, and, but if people see like, oh, wow, there's a, someone wearing a Trump 2020 mask and they're being really nice to me and they're being respectful. You know what I mean? And so he told, like, I totally agree with you on that. And, and I think that's, I think that may, that's part of the key is that like more people need to be vocal like that vocal, but reasonable, right? Like don't mm-hmm. someone shouting, you don't just start shouting back, just be like, Hey, I'm not a crazy person. And, and, and offer, a, offer that up because I think the more that you see that like, Oh, two true, two things can be true at once. Uh, you can be a reasonable, nice person and also vote for this president or, even say like, Hey, I'm going to vote for him, but I really don't like a lot of the crap he says on Twitter sometimes. And I also think yeah, he's, he's not campaigning that great right now. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little in question based upon the polls, but it's like, that's, that's where I think a lot of people, it's that moment where they see that they can have two things can be true because I think yes. a lot of the meta narrative that tries to get pushed in the mainstream media and what, what really tries to get pushed is that like that exactly like, no, no, Trump supporters are these evil people. They're white supremacists or they're racists they're bigots. And then, but then it's like, when you actually go out in real life, it's like, hold on, this guy's a Trump supporter. And he's just like a little golden ray of sunshine. Like I've worked mm-hmm. with him for, you know, however many years and he's really nice. It's like, wait a minute. It makes you rethink that. And, and it, it then shows you too, there's a real disconnect between what's on the screen and what's happening in your front yard. Like yeah, all the time. It's like when I really sit back and think about it, it's like, all right, I just watched the news and all this crazy stuff is happening. But then like I go for a walk in my neighborhood and it's like, everything seems pretty normal. Um, people seem pretty happy. It's a beautiful day out. Uh, my dogs are happy. I'm happy. Like, right. Maybe the world isn't on fire. You know, like a lot of this, it, it shows up on my screen to try and, and it can create some anxiety, but then it's like the moment I choose to unplug and go out, it's like, there's, there's two different almost worlds if you will like there's yes. what you see and what is given to you and that's that like 
Trump supporter equals bad person. But then it's like when you actually interact and in the real world, it's like, oh, maybe not. Right. Right. No. And you're totally right. And I I said that to my husband, like, because I totally got off social media in the month of June, like totally got off like everything. And, you know, because I looked, I was looking around, I was driving back from the gym and it was just like riots were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to say this, and it was just like so much stuff. And I just I, I looked at my husband and I said, if we had not, if like the news didn't exist, we would have no idea that there was a virus. We would have no idea that there were riots going on. We would have no idea about anything. And it's just like that's a crazy thing to think about, you know? Of of like yeah, when you actually go out in the real world, you're like, people are actually really nice. Like people aren't like. <laughs> You know, Your average are, person <laughs> is literally trying to go through their day and have a good day, make some money, have some good food and just be pleasant. Like they're literally yeah. trying to live their life. Yeah. And I think you, you know, you, you said something that I've been saying a lot of like two things can be true at once. And I think that that's something that the media and the left, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like all or nothing. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, like you can, like, you can be cautious of this virus and open up the economy. Like you mm-hmm. can believe that you know, that our, you know, black Americans should deserve a platform to speak up about their frustrations, but then be against the Black Lives Matter movement. Like you can believe both things like, and, you know, and not agree with riots and, and all of these things happening. Like it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. And, and I have a lot of friends who, who are liberal and they say that they're like, I don't like Trump. And I was like, you don't have to. And they were just like, but they're like, Biden is clearly not the answer, you know? And it's just like, you know, there's like, he's going crazy. And, and, and they were just like, but they're like, I don't like him. He's got huge personality flaws. He's, you know, a narcissist, his ego. And I'm like, all true. Yes, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but they were like, but they're like, he's the only one who's trying to protect us right now. Yep. He's the, you know, it's like, but I like what he did with taxes. It's like, but I like what, you know, he's doing right now. And so it's like, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to like the guy. And it's like, you don't even have to agree with all of his policies, but you, you know, if like people realizing of like a vote for Biden is a vote for the far left. Cause he's just going to be a puppet. A, I mean, a vote for Biden is a vote for his vice president. Who's going to be a woman of color. Like he said, I don't know, five months ago when he said that, I, know, I, I'm like, and I was like, Oh, so we're not going off merits anymore. We're going no. off virtue signal. Like well, yeah. that's what we're going off. Of. And, and uh, something else that you kind of, uh, you buried in that statement that you were talking about is, um, Man, my mind is all over the place. I keep losing stuff. Um, <laughs> we're having right good there. conversations. We got a lot no, of things going on. No, I think we're having great. Co- oh, that's what you're talking um, saying. It's like the narcissist comment, and like the he's full of himself. I had a realization maybe a little over a year ago, a couple years ago now, where someone was talking about like think about it for a second. To think like you want to in quotes, run the country being the president or at least be in the most, the most powerful man in the free world. It's like, don't you have to be a narcissist on some level? Like there's a baseline amount of narcissism you have to have to think that like, Oh yeah, I need to go be president because I can Uh do this. And, And so it's like, when I hear those comments or maybe that specifically specific critique of them, it's like, no, no, no. Don't get it twisted. Everyone who wants to be president is a narcissist and has problems. 100%. Like it's self-absorbed. But, but he's just very overt about it. And yeah. like, I think Biden, the thing that kills me for Biden is when I hear you've been in Congress slash politics for 44 years, like you've been in Congress for 44, like you were around to make votes on busing in, yeah. in, in, in the middle of integration and you're yeah. running and you know, 40 years later, you're running for president and you, you, 
the joke that I keep seeing is like he talk keeps talking about what he will do, what he will do, and it's like you've been in Congress. He doesn't <laughs> almost twice my twice almost twice my lifetime, and you still like I get you, there's always something to do, but like why what what have you done about this? Like why haven't you done anything now? What's different? Oh, you're right. gonna be president, and so now you're gonna be the executive instead of the legislator, even though the legislators make more of those moves. It's you know it's so backwards, yeah. and that's where it's like you'll lose me, right? Because yeah. it's it, and I almost think it's like it definitely feels like he, it definitely feels like he just it, it's a it's a box to check. And less of like, no, I'm trying to like do something for the country because mm-hmm. you look at it, he's done everything else, right? Like he's been a member of Congress. He's been in the Senate. He's been vice president. Um, he's run for president, I think a couple of times and it hasn't panned out. And so it's like, this is kind of the last box to check. Like to put it in sports terms, it's like, I've won an MVP. I've won a scoring championship. I, you know, maybe I've gotten defensive player of the year. I haven't won an NBA championship or a, right. you know, a Super Bowl, but I've gotten these other accolades. I need to get that other accolade. And Mm-hmm. versus the other side of just saying I'm just competing to win and because I want to be the best that I can be and which is really what I hear from Trump is because it's like he's outside looking in versus a career politician who is just trying to keep being a career politician see and right? I would even push I would even push back on that and say that I don't think even Joe Biden wants to do it no I don't think that I don't think that he wants to do it at all and mm-hmm. it's it's, it's frustrating because so my grandmother died of Alzheimer's and dementia. And so like when I see him talk, it's oh. exactly how she was. Mm-hmm. And it's it's in, it's like it's to the point where I thought it was like I, I'm like, OK, I was kind of laughing at it. But I see it now. Now and it's almost elder abuse like this is borderline like elder abuse to put somebody through such a stressful like literally the most stressful job in the world being the leader of the you know, the free world. And the, it's like not even there. Like he's not even, it's infuriating from the, from a moral standpoint. One of the Democrat piled back that said. Like of a gay guy and who do they pick an old rich white guy? (laughs) I saw that same one and I was like, wait a minute, who came out of the, who came out of the, the party is the nominee. Oh yeah. An old white guy. Isn't that yeah. who you rail on? Right. And it's just, it's just it, from a, like I said, just from a moral standpoint of like, and, and I know that the reason why I, this, I don't know, this is my assumption is mm-hmm. like, I'm sure they put him out there to think of like, they wanted the nostalgia of the quote unquote, amazing Obama years. Right. Like that's well, what I've had the, friends say that they, they, they say, oh, I'm voting for Biden because I want Obama 2.0. And it's like, but, first question is, <laughs> What did he actually do? Do, Yeah. yeah, Do you actually know what he did? And second question is like, do you really think that Joe's going to do that? Because wasn't the joke um, about Joe that he didn't do anything? He was just there. It was good old Uncle Joe just hanging out, being weird. Like, wasn't that the joke about his vice presidency? That's what all the memes were about. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, and that's why I always ask. Like, I push back of like, okay, well, what was it that, and that's what I say. And like, I don't say like, you're wrong. I just, I simply ask, I go, okay, well, what, what, what was it that you liked about the Obama administration? And a lot of times they can't really answer. Like they, well, it's black president. That's what it was. It was, yeah. Black president. Oh, you know, Obamacare, healthcare. um, That's, that's literally it. That's literally it. it. And it's like, you know, and then, you know, I just look, I'm like, black lives matter got started under Obama. Like, Mm -hmm. 
There's mm-hmm. been so much like establishment. I mean, even if it was same for a Republican too. And that's oh, yeah. why Trump was voted in. It's because people are tired of these establishment, you know, career politicians that don't do anything. And, and that's not what government was meant to be about. It was meant to be a representation of the people. Yeah. And that's why it, for the presidency, I love term limits. Um, and I'm actually in, I'm on the, I don't, I don't have it pinned down, but I do think there should be certain term limits on uh, Congress and like on a federal level, because like, I'm, you don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, you know, a Joe or a Bernie who's been in the Congress for 30 plus 40 plus years. And it's just like, that's, that's literally been their livelihood. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's how off of, um, they, they earned, they earned their livelihood and now are millionaires all because of the public dime. And it's like, hold on, you just made money off of the general populace. You didn't actually go out and create something, do something right. and, and like, and, and really earn your wages. But, um, the other thing, the other thing, the no- thing I note about Trump is that like, Trump's not different from any, in, in, in People say, well, he lies all the time. I said, what politician doesn't lie all the time? The difference is, <laughs> the difference is he's that friend that, that tells you a story and, and makes up a bunch of fake crap about it, but forgets that you were there. And so, you know, he's making up a bunch of stuff about it. Like he mm-hmm. just, he's so just flamboyant about and just, flippant with yeah. language. And it's like, it's so obvious sometimes that what he says is wrong. And the only difference is there is you see it versus you don't see it, right? Like one's right. one's one's a wolf, and you can oh that's a wolf. The other one's oh that's a sheep, but it's actually a wolf, right? And mm-hmm. and, and that's Trump versus your more traditional politician. It's like I'd rather have a guy who's more upfront and in my face about how he's uh, how he 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 can flip flop, go back and forth, and uh, and have a Twitter feed that's a direct line to his mindset. A lot of times, I know exactly you can. Any given time, you know exactly what he's thinking based upon the last thing that he tweeted. Yeah. And versus versus the other um, the other you know normal type, if you want to call it a normal politician, who will sweet talk me, um, shake my hand, go to hug me, and then slip a knife into my back. Like right. I I'm, I'm going to take the punch in the face every time because at least I saw that coming. Well, and it, what you say it's interesting about how Trump talks and kind of circling back to the original mm-hmm. thing that you were talking about. So I don't know if you've watched. So I watched the Trump documentary on Netflix. Just yeah, to, just mm-hmm. I don't know if you watched it, and it's it's interesting. Yeah, and you know, and of course they try to paint him in the worst light, so narcissist, so this and that. And I'm watching his old interviews about him talking about his his you know Trump Tower and his casinos and how it's going to be unbelievable and it's just going to be the greatest thing anyone's ever said and like Mm -hmm. and i'm watching it and people you know and the people they were interviewing were just saying like how he was just lying he had no idea what he's talking about and this and that and i'm like i was like any other billionaire who started a business they all talk that way like Uh he reminded me like steve jobs talked that way he reminded me a lot of how steve jobs would talk he reminded me a lot of um my husband and i we've been involved in herbalife for years and the founder of herbalife like talked exactly like how Trump like it's going to be unbelievable it's going to be the Mm -hmm. greatest thing you've ever seen like what are they supposed to say yeah it's going to be all right I'm not really sure how it's going to turn out but you guys should come and uh, see how see how it works out like no no one's going to come like (laughs) yeah well every athlete every athlete who has ever won anything worth anything always thought they were the best and were always supremely confident that they were going to do it Kobe and, and Michael and LeBron if you want to 
just to hit on basketball, is all of those guys firmly believe they were better than every single person on the court and that they were going to win. And yep. it's like, that's where it starts. You have to believe in it. If you don't have the belief in it, then it's not going to happen because right. you're subconsciously setting yourself up for failure. Right. And, and and how many times have you heard, like, oh, Michael Jordan's an ass and Kobe Bryant's so narcissistic. And you gotta be a little bit of a dick to be the best. Yeah, you do. That's what I'm like. I'm like, if you're I was like, if you're gonna be a billionaire, I was like, you gotta you gotta be fierce. Like mm-hmm. you've gotta be fierce and you can't let people push you around. And yeah, sometimes you have to say and like, you know, the fake it till you make it. And it's just like that's how they talk. And it's like you talk about it and you talk about it and talk about it until you become it. And, and so it's just, it, it's just, it's interesting. And I think that also kind of goes back to the, the philosophical difference between the right and the left of like the right sees that who are usually more pro capitalism. And they're like, yeah, that's how all athletes, entrepreneurs, that's how they all talk. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just like, I don't, I'm like, I don't see a problem with this. You know, <laughs> Self-belief is the first step in, in success. Like you have to believe that, Hey, I can climb out of this situation. I can make something of myself. And then yep. from that is going to stem the success because, um, you, you've, you have basically now set up a preconceived notion and what you've done is subconsciously triggered yourself to um, want, you're going to work a little bit harder and any little good thing that's going to happen is going to be a positive and not, you're not going to see it as a negative meaning, Oh, the big one didn't happen yet. You're going to see it as, Oh, well, you know, I didn't get all that I wanted, but I got one thing right. Or I I didn't get a hundred sales. I got one sale though. And um, so now I'm going to get two sales and you know, and it's, it's a ladder, like it's a jumping off point. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, last thing I want to talk about, and then mm-hmm. I got to get off here. Okay. But, so, what what do you think? What do you think is going to happen in November? Well, right now, so I can tell you, Brent Shapiro is not supremely confident. I haven't, um, and right now things are a little shaky, and uh, I think. Ben Shapiro is right in saying this when he brings up the fact that in 2016 you had people who didn't like Hillary and didn't like Trump, but they liked Hillary less, and so they shifted to Trump. But you see that population now in this election, at least how they're polling, is towards Biden. However, mm-hmm. however, the simple fact that the economy is still recovering, and I just follow, um, you know, the I don't know. I don't, Last I saw, the stock market was at like 26,000 and recovered, you know, 7,000 points. And um, the fact that we're still recovering, we're still coming out of this and like there's still some semblance of success. I I don't know. It's going to be tight, but I'm still confident some that I think Trump's going to come out of this because I think an, an, his base has been galvanized and there's more people like you and me who are more actively vocal and speaking out. Um, mm-hmm. The thing, though, that you could possibly see and is, you know, that it's those swing people who say it's the comfort choice in Biden. Like um, he, you know, Trump's running essentially against a dead man right now. Like he's not mm-hmm. saying anything, doing anything. And so it makes it an easy choice because he's super vanilla, you know, mm-hmm. Trump's, Trump's pistachio coffee flavored ice cream. And so it's not for everybody. Right. And, Biden's vanilla, and it's like, well, if I have the choice between him and vanilla. So right now, I'm a little nervous, and I think if the election was held today, he would lose. But I think there's still time, and I think we're going to see some turnaround. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a narrow, a narrow margin and a win for Trump ultimately. But he's got some work to do. Uh, but I think, um, you know, at the rate that Biden has just kind of devolved and deteriorated, I mean, I. If, if there can be some sort of debates, I think that would shine a huge light. But um, do you think depends. Biden will ultimately be the nominee or do you think they'll try to trade somebody else out? Uh, it really depends. I think I think 
I think what they would probably try and do is try and hold him out to be the nominee because he can win, you know, essentially having dead man walking or in his basement um, right. can, can win against Trump is kind of uh, a re, uh, in a lot of strategically is a pretty good defense against Trump um, could win. And they're going to look to push a VP who they really wanted to be president, which I assume will be a woman of color. Um, so I think they're going to try and hold out and that mm-hmm. ultimately could be a detriment, but I never even thought about them possibly switching him out, calling him unfit and substituting someone in. Yeah. So, so that's been a big, a, a big conversation that my husband and I keep having. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I, I don't know who they would swap out. I have some theories, but I don't think it would actually work, but it, it's just like, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that it's going to be him because the moment that they put him on stage or even just a virtual debate, mm-hmm. it's going to, all of it's going to be out the window. Well, like, he has a prompt it, talking at the convention, doesn't he? Yes. Like he follows a prompt. He literally will like, he, he has pre questions and like, he will call and say like, okay, like I, I saw mm-hmm. him ask like, okay, I am supposed to at, take a question from this journalist. Yeah. I remember like, that. Li- like, and it's so, it's so bad. And so I'm like, the moment that they actually put him on a debate, which they will, the, the mediators will throw up, you know, easy softball questions for him. But what about when Trump asks him questions? Yeah. Like he's not going to be able to, that, that's not going to be able to respond. And so, and so I'm not convinced on that one. As far as November, I've been watching Tim Pool put out a, a few videos mm-hmm. this week that were really interesting on some studies. And one of them was, it was a study on, how how comfortable people feel about speaking about their political beliefs and it was it was i i kid you not it was like 64 percent i think said that they don't feel confident at all about talking wow and 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 it was seven and like of like a majority of the people who say it was liberals and conservatives and then it was like far left were the only ones who were confident in speaking out and so he was like there it is like that just goes like the silent majority <laughs> exists and he also came out with he, he talked about a study about um approval rating for black lives matter and mm-hmm. how mid-june like it just like plummeted about how people like they don't support it and because yeah, of, their city's burning down exactly and how now like trump's approval rating is going up and how you know people are wanting like police officers are at, are writing trump directly to come and say we need help and and so in like the police unions coming out and in taking their endorsement from biden and endorsing trump like i honestly it's like and i know ben shapiro is really skeptical which is interesting because he's way more conservative than tim pool but tim pool is like more so like as the data keeps coming out he's mm-hmm. like he, he actually thinks Trump's going to win. And so it's just, I mean, obviously we have no idea if anybody yeah. says that they know for sure they're lying, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's fun to speculate. But I mean, honestly, I think it's going to be a landslide. I really yeah. do. And it's just so many people who were, you know, either on the left, I've seen so many people move over or people who were, you know, politically unengaged, like you and I were, are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, uh, wait a second, what's going on? And think about the people who just want to be left alone. 
and they just want to watch their sports and they can't even watch NASCAR anymore without it being political. And they're like, nope, like you, you're, you're poking the bear. Like you're poking the bear of these people who don't care, who don't want to get involved and they just want to be left alone. And now they can't because of this left narrative. And I think, and I think that's why the polls are so skewed for a couple of reasons. One, because they're only polling like 27% Republicans when they do these mm-hmm. polls. And two is because they poll likely voters. How many people who have never voted before in their life are going to go out and vote because they're tired of all of this crap going because on? Because now there's Black Lives Matter on NBA courts and they can have social justice messages. And they said, I just wanted to watch basketball. Right. And post-game like, interviews I, are no longer about the game. They're about whatever political social statements. justice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that are just like, I like in the NFL, like being so woke right now. And it's like, I'm like, I didn't really care for the NFL to begin with. Now I'm like, I have zero desire to watch it. I'm NFL. a huge fan <laughs> of like an Eagles fan and I enjoy the NFL. And I'm even sitting here questioning it like, do I even want to bother with this nonsense this year? It's getting out of hand. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and even with, with the NBA and it's just like, come on, like you guys, like, it's like, I want to watch sports so much, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm like, I don't want to support the narrative. You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's like how many people are like me and you, they're like, we just want to watch sports. Like we just want to watch sports. Like sports is our getaway from life and politics and all of the drama. And we just want to watch sports and they can't Mm -hmm. even do that anymore. So I wonder how many people have never voted before in their life. And they're like, I'm tired of this crap. I'm voting for Trump because he's Mm -hmm. the only one fighting against this. So that's why I think, I think it's going to be a landslide. I don't think they're going to accept it. I think it's going to yeah, be this whole thing. I mean, either either way, it's not going to be, you know, accepted. Yeah. How much do you want to bet Russia's going to meddle in our election again? And I say that <laughs> air quotes. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's just they're going to come up with some other thing. And, you know, now it's like people are tired of it. Like people, it's like, okay, we played the little Russia game for the last three years. We're tired of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's only a small, a small minority that actually still believes that. But I mean, it's like, there's clearly proof that nothing ever happened. And I think they're going to try and it's not, they're going to fight. They're going to demand a recount. They're going to say Trump's cheated. They've already been saying that Trump's going to cheat. So it's like, it's like, they're going to come out and they're going to say all these things. But that's why, like, I really think it's going to be a landslide. I really mm-hmm. do. Like, obviously, I think like, New York, California, Illinois, like the, you know, really hardcore blue Mm -hmm. states but i'm like all these other ones like seeing what's going on and like with portland and seattle and minneapolis and atlanta and it's just it's so and people are like uh no i don't want that and people in the suburbs who supposedly trump was losing in the suburbs i would argue that his approval rating is going to go up because like people move to the suburbs because it's safe and now when the mobs start coming to the suburbs, they're like, nope, this is why I, I don't live in the city, <laughs> you know? So, but, um, but yeah, so that, that's my prediction. I mean, ultimately, like, I know I could be totally wrong, you know, I, I could. I don't know. I think, I, you're more, I think you're more right than wrong, because I think if anything, uh, my outcomes that I see are what you predict, a landslide, um, a narrow win for Trump or a narrow win for Biden. I don't see a landslide going, going the other way. I just don't. No, I don't, I, I don't see that at all. It's either going to be close um, and it's going to go either way or it's just going to be a landslide for Trump. And yeah, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for sure, though. Um, but I, I, I think you, you really – you convinced me just right there. That was a darn good speech in that <laughs> – 
and, and it really gave me more confidence in that, like a lot of good points that you make. And I haven't really watched a ton of Tim Pool stuff, but I do like him and probably should watch a little bit more because he's he yeah. he tries as hard as he can to be objective and it, it's mm-hmm. like it, but he acknowledges that he's not necessarily, but he sticks to objectivity as best as he can and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, and he's he's really good at I mean, he reports he reports the facts and he reports like mm-hmm. you know, some of the, I'll send you a video that I watched this morning of talking about the only pollster that correctly picked the 2016 election. I can't remember the name of it, but he talks about it and he references this poll a lot because they actually evenly distribute when they poll like Democrats, Republicans, independents, like instead of like, you know, all the other polls that are like 25% Republican, you know, like yeah. like 50% Democrat. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, if you pull that, then obviously Biden's going to be ahead by double digits. But he he's referencing this poll and it's, it's Trump's approval rating amongst these different demographics. And the one that like, there was two that were really crazy. One was the approval rating amongst Democrats was 30%, which I thought was huge. And wow. then two, the other one was approval amongst black Americans, which was 43%. Mm, that's giant. Yeah. And and Candace Owens has said it and he said it where he says, like, if the Democrats, if if, if the Republicans can get 20 percent of the black vote, the Democrat Party is over. And that's why they're so desperate right now. And that's mm-hmm. why this whole Black Lives Matter thing is so and they're just shoving it down everybody's throats. And they're so desperate. And that's why there's so many black conservatives that are speaking out saying, quit buying this crap, quit buying it. Like they're not going to give you anything. It's all these fake promises that they're just using you to get into office. And more and more, I think more and more people like in the black community are realizing like, wait, these people who say they're going to fight for us, they're just using us. Like they Mm -hmm. think that they own us and they own our vote. And I think more and more people are realizing that. So, well, I got to get off here and this has been awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed this conversation. So I appreciate you reaching out. But I know I I think this has been an awesome conversation. There's been a lot, um, a lot of good stuff that's covered and there's even more too. a couple more things that um, we didn't get to. But before you go, um, if you want, you can do this. Um, I don't know if you want to go ahead and plug your your social media and anybody listen to this who's curious to follow you, maybe see some of the things that you posted. um, Just go ahead and plug. you You can plug those as you want and then we'll sign off. Yeah. So you can follow me. I'm not on Facebook anymore. Um, got out of that dumpster fire, but I am on Instagram and I am on Twitter. Both of my handles are, uh, Castle Burkhart. So maybe if you want to put that in the, in the notes, yeah. Cause my name is like impossible to spell <laughs> first and last name. It's just like impossible, but yeah, you, yeah. you're not going to get it right. If you try, no, no. And like, even if I spell it, people are gonna be like, wait, what did you say? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, oh. yeah. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Castle Burkhart. I'll, I'll link to both of them. Thanks so much for, for coming on here, Castlin. And to anybody interested who wants to provide their feedback, you can email the show at uh, theramblingviking at gmail.com and I'll put links to her social. So thanks for being here, Castlin. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's talk. If you made it this far, congrats to you and would love this to be a, an open conversation. So please send in your feedback. Awesome. Well, thanks.